Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57. The main account for the website is at 2NDCityHockey. I've got all my linemates with me this evening. We're going to do this mailbag episode. We've got a bunch of questions. Uh, this is probably going to be the least serious of all the least serious podcasts we've done because, well, the Hawks aren't playing anymore. We've talked about everything we can from the season and I, there's really not much else left, so we turned it over to uh, our our beloved listeners to uh, to kind of steer the ship wherever it's going to go, and uh, we'll, we'll find out where where we're going to go as we get there. But uh, let's bring in the usual crew up first. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. That's very strange. But at first, oh, I the thing I want to say is that I hope they haven't melted into a puddle after their recent relocation. But it's the analytics darling of Second City Hockey on Twitter at Shepherd Price. Shepherd Price. Hi, I'm I'm still alive. It's a weird okay, name to blank good. on. Uh, I uh, uh, two days after running a half marathon, I accidentally walked a half marathon in 96 degree weather in San Antonio. So All that's right, going you, well. How does one accidentally walk a half marathon? Because I lost track of how much I was walking today, and I okay. walked 13.9 miles. Wow, overachiever. <laughs> it was accidental. I just don't have a Red Bull car. And and so it's 96 <laughs> degrees. And what was the heat index? Like how, how humid are we talking? Like I'm, I'm, it's, I'm guessing. Oh no, like, it's a dry heat. It is not humid oh, really? at all. This is not New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well then that's, that's nothing. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is something. It's an oven. Eh, I mean, I feel like, well, you know, I, I don't have Texas heat skin ever, but you know, it, I guess it is very early on in the process. So maybe you'll work your way up to, uh, yeah, that's something I'm going to have to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, good, well, good luck with that. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. I'll, uh, I'll ask you about it when we get there in, uh, two or three weeks. Um, but also with this evening and, uh, he is to second city hockey. What uh, Christian Andreu is to Gojira. It is Mil Savage. You know, I got to give a big shout out to Jimmy, the maker of lists. He Fresh. brought me, Friend yes. of the pod, friend of the pod, and for now, friend of me who brought me LeBron James chips, and we had an excellent conversation. So, shout out, Jimmy. And, and by the way, while we're here, also, you can find Mill on Twitter at Mill182. I forgot to mention that, but while we're here, a review of the chips, please. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're just good, like straight up. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I'm not a connoisseur of, <laughs> of junk food, I just uh, I like hot food, like hot snacks. Like I, I sampled them as well, and they just tasted like cheddar and sour cream chips, but they just had a really strong kick at the end. Yeah, that's it. But Nothing. you know, yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good change up. Uh, also with us this evening, uh, you can't find her on Twitter, but she is at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR, and she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I was like, Shay can't take my. I hate the heat, <laughs> like mantle here because it's. I, I've lived in the South since I was in middle school, and there is just I haven't gotten I haven't adapted to the humid heat very well. I just stay inside. Oh, t- don't tell me that. Oh, no, I'm hoping to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought that was like that was one thing we learned during COVID, kind of that. Uh, in the summer, everybody in the South where it's ungodly hot and humid, they go inside in the summer because it's too hot and miserable to be outside. And that's why they had their COVID surges in the summer. And then up North, we had ours in the winter when we're inside because it's too cold. Isn't that how that works? I've been told that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people do spend time outside here, but it's like you, air conditioning is such like a fundamental, like, thing here that you like want to bask in it um <laughs> like your car could be making the worst noise ever from your motor but as long as your air conditioning like if your air conditioning goes out that's what will get you to go take it in to get it checked <laughs> i know this from fact because i should have replaced the belt in my car for like a year and then my air conditioning started to sputter and i was like okay cool i'll get two things done but 
<laughs> I wasn't about to go spend money until I might have to be in the heat driving around. <laughs> the worst. So I, I will say, like, I, I guess it's not as big of a thing here because it may not get quite as miserably hot in the summer here, but no. uh, coming inside after on a hot day when it's, you know, the heat index is up around 105, 110 and it's, and you walk into an air conditioned building. Uh, that is top five feelings in the world. Got to say. Well, Dave, we even watched the pay-per-view inside because it was so hot on Sunday. I know it was like 85. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, maybe it'll be nice. And like, you know, you know, it's like having a beer outside when it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, nope, it's way too fucking hot outside. <laughs> yeah. The problem, if you have the beer outside and then you immediately start sweating, it kind of defeats the purpose. Exactly. Well, you, the, you know that it's like humid here when you get out of a car and you're wearing glasses and your glasses immediately fog up. That That's true. To me constantly. Um, sometimes you'll get condensation just running down your windows because it's so hot outside and wet, but so cold inside. Granted, uh, that also happens when you have a mask on with glasses. <laughs> I've I've had that happen with uh, con- uh, condensation on the windshield before. So yeah, I, I, I know I, what you mean. You should, depending on what kind of mask you get, and the, you have to like tilt your glasses a certain way and it won't happen. Uh, yeah, my brother taught me that, but I only wear my glasses when I need to because, like, I don't like wearing them all the time. So I was, like, just being stupid. <laughs> I, like, wear glasses more now since the pandemic because why waste putting in contacts? Um, and now that I'm required to, like, interact with people again professionally in person, um, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> wearing glasses. More and more. That's okay. Return to the office. <laughs> All right, well, since uh, we got all our usual shenanigans out of the way early on, uh, well, I guess we, real quickly we could do a Stanley Cup playoff thoughts. Um, over under 10 goals a game average in the Oilers Avalanche series, because I'm going over. Over. Anyone Anyone want to take the under? I feel like the next game is going to be like one to nothing now because I said this. That was a fucking ridiculous game. <laughs> that game was wild. Like, the avalanche should have run away with it and they didn't like till the like at the end it was like mike smith sucks and then it's just like hey uh the abs aren't doing much better hey the abs lost their goaltender that's true that's true but i'm just saying like i'm not sure they had a goaltender to begin with yeah i was the abs (laughs) were like completely smoke show like the uh, the oilers only had like what two three shots in the first period um but yeah i mean darcy kemper turned back into a pumpkin i that seems to be a theme these playoffs because that same thing happened to Markstrom. I've never seen a fall from grace quite that big. Um, you know, I, I had a thought as I was watching Colorado and I, I think I answered it myself and maybe you, got, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but my thought was, uh, boy, I wonder what this Colorado team would be like if they had a goalie. And I think the answer is uh, the Tampa Bay lightning. Not far off. I think honestly, <laughs> like, if uh, Tampa Bay uh, doesn't win the cup, I'll be really surprised. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be pretty ecstatic because that's who I picked in the bracket challenge. Well, Vasilevsky is just like a fucking unbelievable. I mean, you I know, don't know, the Tam- this year's Tampa Bay kind of reminds me of the 2013-14 Blackhawks. They're obviously a really good team, but for some reason they're not playing as well as either, you know, either the last two years, but for the Blackhawks it was the two years on either side. Um, right. And their goalie had to carry them a lot more. Uh, like, I don't think like, honestly, the Leafs were better than Tampa and Florida was arguably playing slightly better on the, like, but obviously Bob was terrible and Vasilevsky was the difference. And I think that was the true of Corey Crawford in 2014. I think the Blackhawks were good, um, but he's what ultimately earned them any of the wins that they had. You know what's super impressive about that too is he plays so many games and it like doesn't wear on him. Like Markstrom played like fifty five games and he turned into like a fucking cardboard cutout. Yeah. <laughs> but like Vasilevsky's like, no, I'll just start seventy games or whatever and win them all. It's fine. Markstrom went full uh, shooter tutor, I believe. <laughs> Dude, the fucking the the state of the Calgary Flames that was a disappointment. Now I don't like have feelings for Edmonton one way or the other, except for their ugly ass jerseys, but. Uh, the flames were like, Oh, like they're decent. And then it's just like, no, they're not. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I hate the idea of the Oilers winning with the team that they have because they're, it's not a good team. It's 
they just have two of the best players in the league. That's just, and they face terrible goaltenders. It would really, uh, yeah, it is a bad team. (laughs) It would really put a big dent in my campaign against the Hawks tanking for Connor Bedard. If, if uh, Edmonton affect, you know, all the tanking they've done to get Connor McDavid pays off and they win. God forbid, you know, win the cup this year. Connor McDavid's like once in a quarter. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think Bedard is closer to Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon? Oh, probably more McKinnon than McDavid because McDavid's like, you know, yeah, so just an unbelievable talent. McKinnon so by I mean, but like, can't take over a game. I mean, he's great, but I don't he can't take over a playoffs the way McDavid can. Nobody can skate like McDavid. Sorry, Shay, I think we cut you off. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, I think McKinnon's like Arguably the second best forward in the NHL. Yeah, so do I. But I'm. I, but there's. It's still like a decent. <laughs> oh, trust <laughs> like, me. I'd be. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that if the Hawks end up with Connor Bedard, I'd be upset. Like that'd be great. But uh, it's just. It's the method by which they acquire him that could. Uh, could discourage me. I guess I'd say. Yeah, well, I just. I. I would put it more the case that Colorado would like. Nathan McKinnon still needed a better Colorado team to make it past the second round. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Rantanen and, and uh, all them, they don't have a dry sidle, you know? Yeah. And, like, Edmonton played, again, some of the, one of the worst goaltenders in the West and quick, unfortunately for him. And then, again, Marstrom just died. I don't know what happened to him. And it wasn't just that McDavid and dry sidle were good. He looked terrible. He got, like, dysentery and died, like, in the game. <laughs> uh, also, let's be very fucking clear about the Pacific. That division sucks. It's true. Can, yeah. And confirm. Yeah. So, 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 and so can Shay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Shay. But like, I'm just saying like Calgary looked really good. And then it was like, oh, well, look who they played all year. Mm-hmm. It's like the Sharks. Or like, you know, yeah. the Canucks. I still think if the Knights were healthy. If, if the Flames had gotten just league average goaltending, they would have beaten the Oilers in multiple games. Like that's the, di- like, that makes a huge difference. Markstrom put up like sub 900 numbers, which he disappeared. Never, yeah. He's never done. I think somebody was saying he'd never had like a stretch in the last like four or five years of like four more games under 900. And then he had like all of them in the play. You know what Markstrom did? He's like Spider-Man when he's like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And he starts disappearing. Just a bad look. Poor, yeah. Poor, poor all right. We've, we've got a Spider-Man reference. It's time to bring <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get to these questions because I uh, I just want to say to everyone that sent us a question off the top. Thank you very much because uh, I while I I do enjoy conversing with the three people in this group. It was also it was uh, I enjoy knowing that other people are listening to this and and uh, interacting with it in whatever way they can. So if you send us a question, thank you, and hopefully we'll get to all of them. Uh, let's start off with uh, a less serious one. And uh, I, we'll start. We're gonna start with a question from uh, another friend of the show, Lou, who's a Lou A Villa on Twitter. Uh, it's best songs you would add to the in-game experience and situations you would like to see a song played after. Uh, an example is KRS-One's "Sound of the Police," played when a penalty is called against your opponent. Uh, I think another situation like this is I believe they used to play "Breaking the Law" by Judas Priest whenever someone would take a penalty at Hawks games. Uh, and they would play Killing in the Name of by Raging Against the Machine when the Hawks would go to the power play. So do you have any additions or subtractions in that uh, realm? And uh, whoever's got one, just start yelling them at me. I mean, I, I would overall... Oh, go ahead, Shay. You go first. I, re- I really like the Avalanche's uh, Mario sounds that happens after they get the, the, guy, the guy out of the box after a penalty kill. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the mushroom effect? Yep. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what I'll call it. Everyone knows what it is that grew up in the 90s and 2000s. Mill, this is music, so I, uh, I heard yeah. your voice briefly. Well, obviously, like a lot of the aggressive styles of music, I think, are good for hockey. But I think while the Hawks are bad, they should go back to individual goal songs like they used to. So, yeah. like, uh, it'd be fun. Like, you know, like 88 by some 41 for Kane or like because, you know, Rocky like a hurricane's old or like uh, Mr. Jones for Seth Jones, not Caleb ever. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I, I really also think if they get good with young guys, you got to bring back Youth Gone Wild for taking the ice. Like, make it fun. Yeah, I will say one of my favorite things about baseball is the walk-in sounds, the fact that they get to choose theirs, because Bill and Cease walking to, into, like, what, Megan the Stallion? It will never not be funny to me. 
Yeah, Dylan it makes it, it's like more personal. <laughs> Dylan Cease also looks like uh, the lead singer of every hardcore band ever. Dylan Cease looks like, he looks like he should be playing baseball in like the 1960s. Yeah, too. Betsy, did you have anything to add to this list? Because I have a follow-up question I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> uh, no, because most of the music I, I like is pop music, and I'm not sure. I, it lends itself to sports if you pick the right songs, but sports fans do not embrace Pop music. So, so what you're saying is there's there's not a good Taylor Swift song for a well, hockey game. Well, it was funny. We, they ran a um, Stanley Cup ad using her Blank Space song, and it went really what like it made sense for the ad. And people in the comments were pissed. They were like, "This is well, a stupid song for this," and yet it got reach. It was like the most shared NHL spot ever on instagram and tiktok you know of course essentially yeah. more people just using that one song and i'm like do you not want to grow the sport yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean miller, uh, mill's about to jump in to I, reference the i prevail cover no, no of blank space no um but i was gonna say actually we got offered to open for them and i turned it down because of that uh <laughs> but uh uh i prefer it prevails but uh, in all seriousness, if you, there's old games on YouTube I've watched for the Hawks in the early 90s, and there would be breaks where the puck goes out of play and the organ player would start playing New Kids on the Block songs. So, like, that's not, like, to me, I'm okay with the pop. I just mean, like, I think the more aggressive styles fit the game more than the culture. I can understand that. I mean, like, baseball has a more chill. Like, I was there was a video yeah. of, like, an enti- it wasn't baseball, but it was football, the entire stadium singing Mr. Brightside by the Killers, and they just like cut out in the middle, and the entire stadium just continued singing. Oh, and, and I was and like, that is such not a sports song, but like there's like a nostalgia factor. I think that they could hit with millennials with. Well, they're doing uh, that in, in Colorado. I think during the third period of every game, they're doing all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. Pick a better song by Blink. Oh, by the way, yeah. today's twenty three years that Enemy of the State came out, and nobody likes you when you're twenty three. Nope. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I just want to throw out there too, like. uh with with the pop stuff, Anthony Rizzo used to come up to uh, uh, "Bad Blood" by Taylor Swift. Great song. I, I will say that, like, to, like uh, when the score is twenty is two to two, not a bad time to play. I'm feeling twenty two by Taylor Swift. And well, also, I would say that would have uh, been Carpenter's song if he was still here. Yeah, and I used also, to tweet that out uh, for him. To, uh, I, guess, I think when, it, another- when the score is uh, the home team down two to three, then you can play nobody likes you when you're 23. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think there's enough millennials in the fan base now that you could get away with playing pop music, whether it's current or slightly nostalgic. Like emo you- night music. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, that's what it is. You're, like- right. you're absolutely right, though. I hosted an emo night last summer and like, it's so easy to make drunk people that are like in their twenties go crazy. Yeah. You could play, you know, everyone knows, uh, Ohio is for lovers by Hawthorne Heights. Or like you, every you know, fallout boy hit or whatever. The fuck. I'm just trying to think of moments in hockey that, or would be like specific to that. And I'm not, I'm disappointed that I don't have any good answers. So sorry, Lewis, but, uh, the, the, the rage against the machine ones. It was always a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one for sure. Um, uh, you know what? When, I think when, we'll, you, when you finish a penalty kill, killing in the name of? No, when you start the penalty kill. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if they still do that, but they should. Uh, moving on, though, uh, kind of related to that, just a follow up. And I'm going to give you the option. You can either pick the song that's played when you score a goal or your walk up song in baseball or both if you have answers for each. Betsy, go first. Um, okay, so walk up song, like if it was a baseball song? Yeah. You can do one. You can do either one or both if you want. Oh man! What song do you want playing when you come to the plate? Or when you uh, score a goal? Or huh? when you score? Or when you score a goal in your professional hockey career? Uh, it's gonna be a Kesha song. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do I want it to be low, or do I want it to be off her album? It's like. Like woman, I would want woman to play. Okay, Mil- what that is. Mill, what about you? So my goal song would be "Bro Him" by Pennywise because it's the easiest uh, song for ever. Come on, it's the Flyers. Come on, man, you're stealing that from the Flyers. But it's the best sing along song, yeah. and I like punk rock. Well, I mean, fuck. Then uh, how about face to face? What the fuck was there? The one that's like kind of the sing along one too. Um, I'll do face to face. Disconnected. Anything that has a big crowd sing, because like it's cooler than like the it's like 
people like Chelsea Dagger because they can sing along to it. Yeah. But it has more of a drivey like drum feel to it, so it's more like energetic. That's the whole thing for me. But for baseball, I'd probably want like summer wind or something super chill. Shay, what are yours? Walk up song. Uh Is look at is look what you made me do by Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, uh, that, that, almost, screen, that almost sounds uh, like it'd be better as a goal song just by the title. True, look, look and then goals, uh, and then uh, <laughs> the other one that's in contention would be um, probably literally anything by Churches. Um, I'm a big Scottish band person, and those are hey, some of my favorites. Hey Dave, before you give yours, I'm changing my goal song. I want Kurt Ankle's theme song. So everyone can yell, you suck at the other team. Okay. I guess, I guess we'll allow it. Uh, My, I don't, I couldn't think of a good goal song, but I had this conversation with my brother several years ago and we have a go-to answer. The walk-up song is Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. So that's Sutton Stone. The Sultan of Swat? Yeah. (laughs) Colossus of Clout? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Goal song. I just, I, you know, I just want to say Deadbolt by Thrice, but that's not really a, a sing along song. But that's, that's I mean, it is if you go to a Thrice show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and and we had uh, Jimmy actually, uh, a, a, a friend of the show reference earlier. Jimmy asked if we have uh, entrance music or finishing move, but I feel like there's enough overlap there that we're gonna we're gonna throw that under the same umbrella. Well, just so Jimmy knows, go. my entrance song is straight from the past uh, fortune teller. So there you go. Okay. And right. I do a springboard bulldog. I have that planned out for my pro wrestling career. <laughs> All right, let's get I, – I got one Hawks-related question, and I'm going to apologize in advance because I may say this name wrong. It's Sideg Puri one on Twitter, wants to know. Uh, the Hawks head coach selection process. There's names floated out there of coaches with no behind-the-bench experience. Uh, I think we need a guy with at least some uh, – with at least an assistant NHL coach credibility. What do you think? Uh, I will start by saying uh, – if they're going to hire a coach with no NHL experience whatsoever, they better get it right. And that is to, because the last coach they hired with no NHL, NHL experience uh, ended so poorly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, because that ended so poorly, I think they have to go with someone that does have NHL behind the. Yeah. Behind They'll be going with someone with NHL experience. Mill and Betsy, what about you two? Uh, yeah, no way. They got to get somebody who knows a little bit about the league. I am not that hung up on NHL experience. I prefer it, but there's a wide difference between what Jeremy Collison was, who had very little coaching experience in general. And he only, he only had like three or four seasons under his belt in a mostly lower league in Sweden. Like, you could pick some guys who at least have North American experience before doing that um, or get some of the best at international. Like, like yes. Uh, the, like I, t- I'd take the Finnish uh, head coach. Yeah. There's a at Switzerland's like, there's a couple of like international coaches that I think probably would translate. It's a risk, but less of a risk than Jeremy Carlson. I just, I, I don't want to always compare lack of NHL experience to him because I just think that was such an extreme. Um, but I mean, also Derek King didn't have any NHL experience and he was also bad. So maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't what, Yeah. That was, I felt like that was just more the convenience of him than anything else, but no, I, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a nice, nice guy. He's I, a nice guy. He I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think they need to get an old Canadian guy who's like nude and red all the time and like yelling. I just mean like, you know, they need to get somebody who has a clue of what's going on. I mean, if it's not NHL experience, that's fine. But like that Jeremy Colleton experiment, like it gave me gray hair. So like, come on. Yeah. And I think, I think also because you have like, because you have a a first time GM, I feel like having a NHL experience coach would offer more uh a little bit more inspire more confidence in myself and maybe in other people who are listening to this than me so i i think it's time for me to advocate for my favorite head coaching choice again rocky thompson has been a nhl assistant head coach several times with both now the oilers and the sharks 
He's led teams to the Calder Cup final in the AHL. He's good with young players. He's good with defense. He's perfect for the job. I am. Sure. Let's go with that guy. Yeah. Here's my only beef with Rocky Thompson because the team he used to coach was the Chicago Wolves. And that's where he had his most success in the AHL, I believe. Did he have success anywhere else? Because if he did, I will retract the statement. But oh yeah, Dave's enemies with the wolves. Now. Yeah, yeah, they're on, they're on the list now. But um, like, because the, the list because the Chicago Wolves are winning the under twenty league. He won the Memorial Cup with the Windsor Spitfires. Okay, he's had success elsewhere. I'll give him that. So you know that you that can't... wouldn't be the worst one. That sounds like a guy who's that sounds like a coach who has paid his dues. He's he's worked his way up. He's got the experience under his belt. May not be the bad. And I know you've been beating that drum for a while, Shay. So I will give you full marks if that's the way they end up going. Would you guys ever want to bring back somebody like um, Kevin Dean? Dean? Kevin Deneen? Oh. Nah, I think he worked better in the Q system. I don't know if he could. I mean, we'll see. But, but if he does the Q system. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can run that system successfully, then bring them in. But I just. Yeah, I know. I I saw his. I saw some people on Twitter being like, well, they could bring him back because he is very good with young players. But he also has most of his success in the AHL. So is he just going to be another coach that only can coach down there? Um, So does most of the Hawks roster have most of their success in the AHL. So they have that in common. (laughs) I don't know. Not how many of them have actually been in the the AHL because they like to skip that process. Yeah, that's true. They like to fucking piss us off and give feed us Gustafson. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was not helping you out there it's with that question. All right, so the other, we got a, a few minutes here before our, our quick timeout, so I, I wanted to get to a few questions. Uh, still Jimel23, frequent to SCH commenter, asked Oh, 36 questions. And we appreciate every single one of them, Jim. Uh, I swear. But uh, I was trying to find one real quick that we could get to. I guess here's a really quick one. Should Dylan Strom be resigned, re-signed? Excuse me. Yes. 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 Should Alex DeBrinkett be traded? No. 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 Should Patrick Kane be re-signed if he wants to continue to play here? Sure. Yes, at a lower AAV. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got three of them. 33 more to go. <laughs> Hell yeah. But they're, yeah. All, they're all yes or no questions. We can do that. Yeah, we can do this. Re- re- I, like, I like how we're all on the same page. Like we didn't, I didn't read that question, those questions before, and we all just yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what? I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick time out here. We got some more questions to get to, and we're going to come back to them on the other side of this break, including some more from Jim. So we'll uh, take a quick time out and come back for that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison, and uh, we got some more mailback questions to get through. Some from uh, Still Jim L23 at Second City Hockey. Some from Twitter's. They're they're just all over the place. So we're gonna dive right back into them. Uh, one of the ones from uh, Jim that I wanted not to be confused with Jimmy, as you guys mentioned uh, in the break. Uh, Still Jim L23's question. He asks. Um, he said he, he confessed that he's lazy, so he asked to help, to help him out. Who are some of the potential free agents that they can sign to cheap one-year deals to be flipped at the deadline, such as uh, a Matthias Janmark and Lucas Walmark from 2021? So this page that I have open here, I have the top uh, 25 unrestricted free agents sorted by their cap hit this season. So basically, I'm just going to fly through all these names real quick. Uh, we're going to skip number six on this list because it's Marc-Andre Fleury, and we talked about him last week. Um I guess the 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 it'll be the combination of whether or not they'll actually be a free agent that the Blackhawks can sign, and if there's if they would be intriguing at, at NVU to uh, if any of them would be intriguing prospects to any of the people listening to uh, to sign and potentially flip. So let's run down the list. Here's some names for you: Evgeny Malkin, PK Subban, Claude Giroux, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, Patrice Bergeron, Johnny Goudreau, Alexander Radulov, Louis Erickson, Philip Forsberg, Nick Letty. Anton Strahlman, Andre Palat, Max Domi, Nino Niederreiter, Riley Smith, Danny DeKaiser, Andre Burakovsky, Vincent Trocek, Calvin DeHaan, Nazem Kadri, and then there's a few more goalies that we're going to skip just for, oh, it's actually Mikko Koskinen and Darcy Kemper, who could be playing against each other tomorrow night. And then back on the list, Ryan Strom, John Klingberg, Josh Manson, Oli Mata, Victor Rask, and David Perron. Any of those names sound interesting to you? Because that's your free agent class 
right now as it stands. And obviously some of those players could agree to terms and never even hit free agency. I think uh, Johnny Goudreau has already said he doesn't want to leave Calgary. So uh, nobody wants David Perron here. No, absolutely. Yeah. Fuck David Perron. No way in hell. I think Burakovsky is only 27. I'd consider him. Burakovsky is one that I was intrigued by. Uh, Philip Forsberg. Like, here's the thing. I don't think most of those guys would sign a one-year deal. No. That's true. That's the thing. Like, I was thinking, like, Nino, but he's not going to sign a one-year deal. Why would he do that? Yeah, you might need to go down into the uh, the next group of players to find some of those. Um, yeah. So let's let's explore these while we're here. Uh, Justin Schultz, Colin Miller, Ricker, Ricard Raquel, everyone's favorite, and Nikita Zadorov. Paul no. Stasny will butcher Andrew Kopp, Thomas Grice, Ben Chirot. Chirot. Chirot, thank you. Uh, Ale- Alex Adler, Chris Tierney, Dimitri Jaskin, Antoine Roussel. Absolutely not Antoine Roussel. Fuck that guy. Jay Beagle, Ian Cole, Marcus Nudavara, if I'm saying that right. Uh, Andre- Andreas Athanasiu, Frank, Frank Vitrano, Valerie Nachuskin, Thomas Hickey. Out of all those names I've read, uh, Athanasiu is one that I remember that, like, you could sign him and he could, like, you know, have a shooting percentage bump and maybe get like be on pace for like a 20, 25 goal season. And maybe you flip him at the deadline for a, for a third or fourth round pick. Like that's, 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 if you were looking for like a Matthias Janmark type, he's would seem to be in that mold. He did have a 30 goal season with Detroit back in 18, 19. Um, so there's one for you. And Andres, I to see you. Any of those other names uh, intrigue anybody on the panel here? Not for this situation for me. There's guys I like, but not for this. I just don't think you're going to get much for anybody being flipped. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you had a good team and you needed to add some guys, that's one thing. But like like Betsy said, like there's not a lot of value there. Yeah, I think that's why all these guys are free agents. Well, there is one who did not come up on that list because he's a restricted free agent, but someone you could sign for a one-year deal. Hope he improves and then flip him at the deadline. That's Dominic Kubalik. So yeah, but if that. they're not, if they're not, the rumor is that they don't. Davidson doesn't want to sign Strom. Why would you say, sign? He doesn't want to. Uh, I was, was right not to have any faith in him. Well, if that's if that one moves Sanjo over the edge, uh, I don't know what to tell you, Shay. But uh, there was. Uh, Dylan Strom uh, was very good this season. It was very well, clear to pretty much everybody that he was very good this season. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you on that point. I'm just like, if that's, uh, I, I, I think you you have to give Kyle Davidson a bigger scope of criticism or praise than that. I would say because he's wasting that, an asset who's no. that's very valuable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that, how very valuable. I think you could get a lot of things for a young center who can actually play second or third line minutes. Oof. I I feel like if they could have, they would have moved him at the deadline because they moved Brandon Hagel. Yeah, but Hagel was worth more than Strom at that time because unfortunately because of usage issues, Strom's value was at a low. So what you do is you at least sign him to another year, build his value back up. Which is exactly what you were saying with Kubelik. I don't I wouldn't mind doing either one of those things. It's just that like Davidson seems to want to like just cut and run from that situation, which I think is kind of dumb. It's poor asset management. I mean, I know it's not his original like trades and stuff, but you should try. If they could have gotten at least a third, that would have sucked, but that was better than nothing. Letting him walk in free agency. Yeah, his his um qualifying offer nothing. His qualifying offer is three point six. If you could get him to sign a two year deal and get that down to like three point two, like a show me deal, um, and then he'll be a UFA after that. So that works for him um, because if he does well, he'll get a payday in you in uh, unrestricted free agency, and the Blackhawks maybe can flip him before then, and then a team getting him can either have mm-hmm. him on a two year deal. So it's a little bit more secure or, you know, he'll be a rental the next year and it'll be fine. You know, like it's there's so much more interesting things than you can do. The worst thing that happens is that he's not good next year, but the team isn't planning to be particularly good anyway. So what does it matter? The one thing I will say about like next season in particular, in regards to the salary cap, like 
there's no reason to worry about the salary cap next season because it's not like the Hawks are going to be contending for the cup. No. And they're going to work like who gives it if they if they sign a guy to a one year deal for seven million dollars and maybe he's only with four or five, but they had to give him seven to commit to a one year deal. That's fine. If it's the not Hawks going are- to hurt them in the long run. If the Hawks are smart, they're going to take on a bad contract and rob somebody of a high prospect or a like, high pick. They should yeah. be doing what teams did to the Hawks for the that's exactly prior. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like they like That's how you get better in this league. Yeah. So, and actually, actually, that's a perfect segue, Mel, into a question we got from uh, Matt DeMichael93 on Twitter. Said, would a trade for Minnesota Wild forward Kevin Fiala and a third-round pick for taking on Alex Goligoski's contract be something worth looking at? Or maybe send over the rights to Kubalik or Wyatt Kalina? Now, I think that might be a little optimistic in regarding the package you could get from Minnesota to take on that contract. And it's also within the division, so I don't know if Minnesota would want to do that. But I think the general theme of taking on uh, another player's contract and getting a prospect as a thank you for that. Are there any other players that you can think of that any contracts out there to be taken on by the Hawks in the summer? Didn't they just sign Kolakowski like in March? Why would they trade him? That's a good question. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking that up right now. I, uh, I feel like they they signed him this year to like a smaller cap hit. Yeah, two two years, four million dollar contract. I don't think that one is going to be no. I'll okay, probably have a contract for them. But but the general theme of just yeah. are there other players out there to be? Yeah, and I and Phil Kessel. But the air, the Coyotes <laughs> need somebody to reach the cap floor. Yeah, yeah, Kessel's there to to uh, to eat hot dogs and cash checks. What about Rick DiPietro? <laughs> <laughs> is he still around? No, I think his contract might have finally expired. Damn, that means we're old. You could probably just go to Cat Friendly and look at popular buyouts to see who fans like want to see the mo- like Zach Cassian. Um, yeah, no, but I, I can't handle that though. <laughs> Elon Lucic. I'll take Lucic. Uh, I won't take Cass. He's better than Cassie. You, you're only you'd only take Milan Lucic because he's a fellow countryman, right? No, what? he's old <laughs> and slow. He probably won't even play a lot because that Cassian will play more and and get I, into trouble. Yeah, Why is that, that, Cassidy a popular buyout? Where do you see the popular buyouts tab? I, I missed. Oh, duh! I see it. It's at the it's at the freaking homepage. Giant letters. No, I'm just joking. Milan Lucic and and uh, Zadorov are made to be on the same team. Well, the one the one name I will say that I've heard uh, I heard on the uh, live from the Five Hole podcast drop this was uh, Peter Morozik from Toronto, which oh, is yeah. the top name on the popular buyout list. Sure, I mean they'll probably play him anyways. <laughs> the Hawks, I mean. I mean, they need a better veteran backup. That's what I'm saying, you yeah, know. His cap hit is like um like three something, like three five, three nine. I That's guess. not even that bad for the Hawks next year. Yeah, no, that would be that would totally be fine. Give but yeah. what would you get for taking that? Uh uh Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> At least the second no, maybe. No, the I good don't... the good Nylander. Yeah, yeah. I'll take him. Um I'm trying to think of what their B like B level prospects are that aren't like their very, very top guys. Um, I don't, I'm not as familiar with their system, honestly. No. And honestly, I didn't think Toronto had a very good system because all of their good players are at the NHL level. And then they've traded away all their prospects over the last few years to try and restock. They have them. a couple of good guys. Um, yeah. But they don't have any B people. I think, I think they have a few people they'd consider A's. Yeah, I mean, obviously Robertson, but they're never going to do that. I think the next one would no. be um, uh, Roda, Rodon Amarov, however you say his name, dude from Russia. Yeah, yeah. he's having didn't he have, didn't, doesn't he have brain cancer right now? Or oh, something going on with his brain? I'm not going to lie, I do not know. Oh, sad. Hope oh, that. Um, they have the dude from Minnesota. Knees, eyes, how you say his name? K N. Nice, but. Yeah, he's an A. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's it's really hard to figure out. He's a lower A, I think, but he's still an A. Yeah, he's uh, their like lone A. And, and Rodian Amarov was diagnosed with a brain tumor in February, and he's undergoing treatment. There hasn't really been an update, but it sounds like he's doing okay. I hope he hope the best for him. Uh, an article from uh, April second, 
of this year that uh, Elliot Freeman reported that he'd wrapped up his six weeks of chemotherapy and has another round forthcoming in the month. So it sounds like he's going through that right now. And yeah, we hope it's uh, hope it goes away for him and he has a long, healthy career, maybe even in Chicago. Is is William <laughs> Nylander the only like son that's not garbage son? <clears throat> um, the Kachuk no. boys aren't bad. They're, but- I, li- I like the Kachuks, but they definitely are like knuckleheads, you know? Uh, Josh Manson. I was gonna say Josh Manson, but he's not very. I good. think Foot's a garbage Connor son. Connor Murphy. Yeah, but his yeah. dad only played like three games, didn't he? Yeah. Connor Murphy's like our good son. <laughs> okay, well that's enough right, for me. Well, also, yeah. don't trade Wyatt Kalinuk. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've uh, we've I think we've uh, hit on that topic plenty. Let's see. We got uh, what else we got on the hit list here. Oh, here we go. Here's a fun one. This might be only for me because I'm well, I shouldn't say only for me because I'm not a fan of the team in the middle here. But this is a very Chicago sports one. It's uh, from Sean, who's at Celtic Sean 418 on Twitter. Bears, Cubs or Hawks? Who is more likely to do their rebuild right? <laughs> uh, um, well, the more the more, more likely is none of them. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably lean towards the Bears because I think they have the quarterback and that gives them a head start on the other two. Well, here's the thing. The Cubs will have like one good year and then everybody will be up and they'll trade them all again. Yeah. So like yeah. it's not that they don't have talent. It's just that their owner's an idiot who won't keep them. The Bears and, might be all right. And sometimes it feels like the Hawks uh, like a run of success in the in the 2010s was just like they just like hit 21 on blackjack like 36 times in a row and got this incredibly good team and now they're back to the uh mediocrity that they were beforehand but i i i would probably lean towards the bears myself but uh, also that's ignoring uh, 40 years of ineptitude by uh, that franchise so i'd uh, rather, pick your I'd, poison sean they all suck Sorry. I'd, go bears, I'd go bears too as a betting man out of those three but you know what i always say go bulls <laughs> Uh, Shay or Betsy, did either one of you have thoughts on, on that one? I know Betsy is the diehard Bears fan. I'm sure you did. I have no opinions. Shay, what about you as, as the resident Detroit Lions fan? Yes, I was going to say the one I'm most actively rooting against is the Bears. Um, because I want our rebuild to go better uh, than yours. Um, Good draft. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say... Just because I'm an optimist, and this is the team I care about in this list, the Blackhawks. There we go. Optimism. Yeah. It's just, I I think if, honestly, if I had to really like, I feel like I might lean towards the Cubs if I was, had to pick out of that three, because I'm. Don't do it. They, I mean. Yeah, the Cubs. The Cubs, you talk about decades of ineptitude with the Bears. The Cubs have centuries of ineptitude. Yeah, but I, I think like they brought in like the guy who was doing all the rebuilds in baseball and he still has those. Isn't Theo gone though? Yeah. But he, he still has his, like his, some of his minions are still around. Warriors there still, but the so, thing like, like with, like with the Blackhawks, like, you know, I know this is uh the calling card for uh, all the, for P- the meatballs in the fan base to yell, but it like Mike Smith and Dale Talon built the Blackhawks dynasty. And then Stan Bowman kind of guided it to the probably more to the second and third cups with some moves here and there. Um, but the guys who's like picked and selected and developed the talent, uh, I feel like there's no remnants left from that regime. So uh, I, that's why I don't have, I like, I, I don't have uh, positive or negative thoughts, but I just, I don't have reasons to be optimistic. The, the biggest problem with baseball is that the owners, no, no owners besides the Dodgers want to pay anybody. Yeah, well, that that's uh, that's a whole other conversation. That yeah, we're not. I'm not even. That. I'm not even a Cubs fan, and I'm still mad about that. So, well, right, because it's bad for baseball. Like the Cubs uh-huh. did a rebuild, and then the Sox like actually let somebody who knew what they were doing start rebuilding. You know what I mean? Like it was good for the city. Yeah, uh, but here we are. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm worried it's it's going to come to the South Side if they ever. Well, fuck, <laughs> they they got to get to a World Series. They got to get to the playoffs first. Oh man, yeah. they got to get to the they can win a series division title. Yeah. Don't manifest that for yourself. Just think good thoughts. They can't. Right. They it took. They took till the ninth inning to score a run on the Cubs Sunday. 
Yeah, let's uh, let let's let's run the hell away from that topic because I'd rather talk about the Blackhawks and the White Sox right now. Yeah, that's, that's how literally, we talk about literally anything else. You guys don't want to talk about the Meatball World Series? No, no, I don't, Mill. Where everybody's just arguing. <laughs> hey, mean the World hey. Series is coming. That's going to be all New York. Yeah, exactly. Let's. Uh, I'm going to get back to the uh, the the Jim L23 list because that, that's go. that's more fun. Let's go, um, Jim. Number four on his list. This is a good one. What players in Rockford can we realistically expect to be playing regularly in the NHL next year? Um, not and like not even part time guys. Who do you think will be like legitimate, medium to full time NHLers next season? Uh, I think Lucas Reichel will be on that list, and I think Ian Mitchell will be on that list, and I think. Uh, Alex Vlasic will be on that list because the organization <clears throat> seems to be very high on Alex Vlasic. What about the rest of you? Vlasic's not a rock for ice. Yeah, he is a he Boston. Never, yeah, he yeah. was. He never played a game down there. Okay, well, yeah, but the the point being that I I don't think Alex Vlasic's going to spend any time in Rockford because they seem to be very content. <laughs> I I would agree with you, but it feels like the Hawks are going to put him at the end. Unless he puts on like twenty pounds. Oh, hey, I told you, I told him, uh, have his agent reach out to me. He can meet me in the buffet line and we'll, uh, we'll put that 20 pounds on. Just send him a bunch of squeegees. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, Wyatt Kalanuk has a shot, but I don't think he'll, I think he'll start down there. I well, just, I'd say like set, we'll set the over under, let's call it 50 games. What Blackhawks prospects do you think will play over 50 games in the NHL next season? Derek King. He's going to play? We need him. You said Josiah Slavin, I think I heard yeah. you say. Okay. I, one, they like him, but two, um, he's the type of player that they should be honing into a really like a really good fourth liner. I could get on board with that. Shay, what about you? Isaac Phillips. No. <laughs> no, not, not <laughs> yet. Bet you just no. I I like I think that I think that's I, I think to be I think it's coming. Season. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think it's coming for him. I love him. Um, in fact, I kind of like his. I think he might have the best, like true legitimate NHL player potential of most of the guys in there. Like I think uh, Regula and Ian Mitchell could have higher ceilings, but like he's got the lowest floor. Um, if that makes sense, uh, he's just really young. And he's good. He he went from being played a lot in the bottom to being uh, Mitchell's partner for the like from the halfway mark onward, um, and did an excellent job of it. And they're just I don't want them to rush him. They're like I just feel like they've rushed too many players, and there's no need to do yeah. that. They're guys that are older who they should at least see what they have with him. Now, if he came up and just amazed, then fuck yeah. But I just I don't want them to break any more players. Right, Connolly. Is he a prospect? Poor guy. He is, he is now. <laughs> is he is also is he under contract? Yeah, he is, yeah. He is now. Isn't he, uh, he here? I feel like maybe he has one. I think he has one more. I can't remember. We, I think that was a, it. Was a three? Yeah, he's got one more year. All to get. Forkstrom, guys. All the good Forkstrom, exactly. <laughs> I guess God. Stillman, too, but, like, come on. No. Though, to be fair, Brett Connolly in uh, Rockford <laughs> was very good and probably a great mentor to have. No um, kidding, because he's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, this will be, let's see. Uh, this is a fun one from I, Jim. I, I, like, I enjoy the premise of this one, so let's see where it goes. Uh, who's going to win more cups by the end of their career? Taves, Cro- Jonathan Taves, not Devon. Uh, Taves, Crosby, McDavid, or Connor Bedard? Taves and Crosby are tied. Yeah. I so, think I have an interesting answer to this, but I'll let you guys go first. I think it's going to be a tie between Crosby and Taves because I don't know if Crosby – is gonna win. Is gonna win another one? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on if he's st- like if he's gonna stay really loyal to the pens or not. I know he's got like three more years left, so I don't know if he'll jump ship for like a fourth cup anytime in that period or right after. Even though he'll still play exceptionally well, I don't know if the pens will ever will get there in those. Yeah, 
here's the thing about the the pens and Crosby is that like if they let Melkin and Latang go, yeah, um, I think there's a chance he, he jumps, but that chance is increased substantially if the uh, if the Avs don't win the the world the Stanley Cup this year. I think okay. I think with Crosby, I think he's still too good that Pittsburgh will do everything in their power to not let him go. Like I know his contract comes up pretty soon, doesn't it? Um, so I don't think, I feel like Crosby is going to stay in Pittsburgh and I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be good enough to win another cup no. well, in his tenure. It's like, a, it's like I, the team thing with Chicago. <clears throat> like it's whether or not he wants to stay with a team that's been his team. Cause he could go to another team and potentially win. Like he probably well, that's, jumped ship to the Rangers. And so, see, and that's where that's where I kind of lean towards Taves a little bit because I feel like Taves could uh, leave Chicago and latch on somewhere as a third or fourth liner on like a really good team, and and then nab another cup or two before it's all done for him. I don't. Yeah, I say that Crosby and Taves tie at four because they're going to win one together. <laughs> that would be where in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Crosby's not. He's not leaving Pittsburgh. He, I, you know, I mean, well, if they Taves, let, if they Taves let Malkin go, they'll need some help down the middle. Taves won't exactly. go, and and Taves won't go to Colorado like I thought because they're not going to be their their payroll's going to be fucked because yeah. like they yeah. have like a million twenty two year olds are amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like Taves isn't going to get ten and a half million again, but I also don't think he's going to take one. I think he'll so. take five or whatever because yeah. if, if 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 fucking Pittsburgh goes, hey, we're going to win and put you down the middle and do whatever. I mean. I, I, I'm kind of just making shit up in a dream world, but it could happen. Taves wants to compete, clearly. Yeah, yeah I don't, and I don't think McD- I just don't think the Oiler, unless McDavid escapes Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you use the word escapes. We have to That's break him out. <laughs> it's like, if this is the year that they could, the Edmonton could win because again, the Pacific was so terrible. Goaltending is like shitting the bed, um, and so if he can, make, if they can make it past. Colorado somehow magically um the other the two teams in the east if they could break their goalies I mean anything's hey McDavid's only got three seasons left I just imagine the the original the original ending of X-Files but instead of Fox Mulder it's fucking Connor McDavid oh my god (laughs) there's 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 a deep track uh but but, but, while the way uh while we're all talking uh the Rangers are up four to two on Tampa and I'm I'm confused. Yeah, but if they go to the final somehow, I'm pretty sure Colorado could kick their ass. Yeah. Well, the most chaotic final would be the Oilers versus the Rangers, though. Like, Ugh. I I don't I, know if I, I like. I would have to root for the Rangers. Yeah, but that be the battle. Chaotic. The battle. The battle for Wayne Gretzky's affection. That'd be the evil chaotic <laughs> square on your chart, boys and girls. Yeah. That'd be the but, evil evil chaotic. Yeah, the like we rode one player mostly, one in net, one on the ice. But like, for those playing along at home, that's a that's a double gin and tonic. (laughs) All right, last one from Jim L twenty three. Before we're getting some other people's questions, uh, but this is I enjoy this one. So, uh, just completely off the wall, outrageous prediction that has no chance of coming true. Likely something we will never talk about again. Will be completely forgotten. But if by some miracle does come true, you look like a genius. Creativity encouraged. In sports, I, I, well, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you, you know what? If there's no specific reference. It's it's in the section of Blackhawks related and hockey related questions. But I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I'm just gonna write out my my Crosby and Taves thing. I they team I thought, up in Pittsburgh. I think that was an interesting one. Um, Just because I want to see it in the next 10 years, the Detroit Lions will win the Super Bowl. There you go. Who's the quarterback? Not drafted yet? <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Oh, so so what you're saying is they're going to have a really good defense? Yes. Or he'll just swoon other defenses. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have a really good defense, but also he'll have really, really elite wide receivers. Okay. They'll just catch anything that's thrown to them. Betsy, did you have one? I can't think of anything that's like super, like outside. I don't know. The the thing the the 
area I've, that I'm trying to rifle through in my head is which former Blackhawk ends up as a coach. Candy Brook. I think Kane will be a GM. Um, I'm going to go off the board and I'm going to, or I'm going to say Johnny Oduya ends up coaching and maybe even the Blackhawks because it goes back to that conversation he had with Elliot Friedman on his podcast. Like that sounds like a guy like somebody in the NHL is going to, has probably already heard that. And it's like, get me Johnny Oduya as a coach and he'll work his way up and become uh, a head coach. And hopefully his beard is still as magnificent as it was when he played. I mean, if, uh, St. Louis can step in with. He didn't have any really any coaching. No, he he was coaching his kids' pee wee team. Yeah, somebody somebody mentioned was like, well, because somebody also was like, hey, what about Hosa or Seabrook as a coach? And I was, and they were like, well, their kids are too young, and St. Louis' son I think is in college, so that kind of matters. But they're not that far off Hosa and St. Louis in age. Um, yeah, I guess it's just how old they were when they had their kids. Like, I, I mean, like I remember I mean, Hosa like getting booped by his daughter, who was probably what, like two or three yeah, at the time. Um, so, so probably, yeah. So probably wait until I the mean, kids so are many, older. So many coaches had, like, the younger coaches have kids. Um, I don't know, but I would love Hosa to be on the coaching staff. If All only right. can he impart his like this defensive is, awareness. Yeah, if this is my puck and you can't have it attitude, that would be great. All right, so I'll, I'll go I'll go the extra mile, then Johnny Oduya leads the Blackhawks to their next Stanley Cup and Ed does it as the coach. So that, that'll be my, my ridiculous prediction. Michael Jordan getting sucked down a golf hole by <laughs> Bugs Bunny. <laughs> then this now? I don't, think you, I don't think they want that, that, that basketball ability now. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy, uh, did, you, did you land on one? No, I have no. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll – uh, we'll, We'll pause that for you. If you think of one before we break, it should uh, be, I win, I win the masters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we got to most of the question, the Blackhawks related ones. So again, thanks to everyone who asked, uh, let's, let's do, let's do a food take one. And I wanted to roll over to uh frequent commenter devil dog 29, who had a hot take to offer for us to discuss. Uh, and Bessie, I think you saw this one. Well, yeah, I know you did. Cause you re- responded to it. So here's here's the hot take is that chefs are getting out of control making food that used to be considered lower class, for example, fajita meat, street food, et cetera. Ordered a charcuterie board at a well-known Michigan Avenue restaurant once. I'm sort of uh here's some guidelines with chef choice when it comes to charcuterie. Uh I've worked hard and so some of the nicer things in life when it comes to food, but growing up was more of a make do with what you have and can afford, which was next to nothing. So back to the charcuterie. This is a very long question. <laughs> <laughs> So the server comes out and is talking about cheeses and meats. He gets the one meat that I can't remember the name of now, but I'm looking at it while he's trying to make it sound all foodie fancy. And finally, I'm like, motherfucker, I grew up poor as fuck, and I know head cheese when I see it. So, yeah, it was fancy head cheese. So I guess the food take is that they're taking, like, high-end restaurants or, like, skimping out on, like, lower-class foods or something? It's that... Please, it's, yeah, you you know about this, so please elaborate. Yeah, it's it's something that comes up on Top Chef a lot because it's about like uh, really high end chefs taking street food, comfort food, poor food, whatever you want. Like, and a lot of Southern food falls into this, like 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 mac and cheese, you know, like, and they're taking it and they're putting okay. it on their menus and either gourmet mac and cheese. I got yeah, you. Yeah, but they're they're not. Sometimes they're not. In his point, he's saying they're not necessarily making it fancy. They're using stuff that, you know, cause he was like, I know what a head cheese is, bro. It's not, um, they're not necessarily making it that fancy, but they're still char- like, I, I assumed it was your, they're still charging it as that and that kind of thing. Cause when okay. is done well at an elevated level, it's amazing and should be done. But when, you're doing what street vendors do, for example, but then putting a price tag on it that's like three times as much. That's yeah. And oftentimes okay. the street vendor people are doing a better job at it. Like they're just better at it. A perfect example is um, again, Top Chef. There's a restauranteer here in Atlanta called uh, Kevin Gillespie. And on his season, the two Voltaggio brothers, especially the guy that ended up winning, were like, you know, super fancily trained, um, did all kinds of high-end stuff, gastronomy, uh, blah, 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 blah. And one of them always talked down about Kevin's food, like, that's the stuff I make in my spare time. He kept winning. <laughs> and it was like, 
Southern comfort food, but like elevated with better products often, which that's why you can raise the price. But he has like five or six restaurants now in Atlanta and other places. But it's such an interesting when street food is done well at high end things, fine. But oftentimes you're going to find as good or better versions of that at the lower level anyway. That's what I I, I think I think I, I would be on board with the point like if you go to a restaurant and they bring out like, you know, if it, if it's a grilled cheese sandwich at a high end restaurant and it, it's not anything like high quality bread or cheese or anything, I'd be pissed off, too. That, or, that's yeah. the best example I could think of. Yeah. Even if it is high high end bread and cheese, it's got to be worth the price and better than some of the low end stuff, because sometimes low end is better. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, so. I guess what's what's the the overall theme is quit uh, quit trying so damn hard. Like sometimes street food is just street food and let it go. Like so, like I feel like this is uh, I this I, I feel like there's some overlap here between my argument about regional foods. Like uh, you know, if you want deep dish pizza, go to Chicago. You want New York style pizza, go to New York. And like I feel like trying to do those foods in other places, it doesn't work. Like go to the source and get this. Get if if you want high like high quality food high-end food, go to the fancy restaurants. If you want street food, go to the streets. Like, I guess that's, that's uh, the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more on board with this and I'm talking myself deeper into this agreement. So. Yeah. If you, if you want a 275 taco that is better than any other taco you've ever, ever had, go to a hole in the wall restaurant. Exactly. And, and I, I, if you go to any, like any restaurant that serves any sort of ethnic food, uh, like the, the less likely, the less, quality the english speaking is i feel like the better the food is yeah so all right uh let's see really quickly last one uh s savage 12 friend friend of the program steve um one beer or such beverage recommendation and one album recommendation from everybody uh, i'll go first real quick uh the album i'm going to throw out is uh it's brave faces everyone by spanish love song it came out just before the uh, pandemic started and that's all i've been listening to for like two years if you're into like the poppy punk world uh that's fantastic and then a beer uh, you know what i've been drinking rusty nails it's a scotch and drambuie which uh i don't know i've really enjoyed them so there's my recommendation who's next uh the album is called fix the yourself not the world by the wombats um Ooh, okay. who are maybe maybe my my favorite band um and then uh the drink is sex on the beach it's it sounds weird to order no. yeah but order it in the right place and it's a fantastic drink. It, it is yeah it's uh it's a good drink i i it's it's i it's i think every bartender should know how to make that like i feel like that's yeah. a, it's a very commonplace thing mill betsy either one of you want to hop in on this um sure so the album i'll give is a brand new album that came out today it's a band no pressure it's a self-titled lp it's excellent i've listened to it several times probably five times today and uh it's not very long and uh for beverage uh i've i you know i've been drinking a lot of milagro lately but that's like more of a shot and a a lime type of thing uh but i'll I'll roll with that drink some tequila silver (laughs) there you go betsy we'll save you for the end um so drink uh i just had i've been on a whiskey smash um okay oh yeah um delicious i'm trying to think of an album that i've listened to. i'm i'm so much more of a like just listen to the radio and hope for the best um oh that's risky florence and the machine's newest album is really good dance fever so yeah so go with that one. I that's one that I, I have multiple songs from. I listened to that yesterday. Somebody sent it to me. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, always Florence. Amazing. There you go. All right. Oh, and oh, the other question Steve asked really quickly, I can answer. Uh, C- is CM Punk Chicago's only champion for the next decade? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, me too. No Bulls. Oh, okay. There we go. White Sox. Is Leah? Is Lee Moriarty from Chicago, or is that a different wrestler? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I the Bulls before socks at this point, but yeah, whatever. All right, well, uh, I think I think we got to all the questions. We we got to everything we needed to. So I think this is a good place to to wrap up this year episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, 
Thanks to everyone again that's sending questions. Sincerely, I really appreciate uh, everyone who did uh, and anyone who's listened to the show over the last year. Uh, it wasn't much fun this last season, but uh, hopefully uh, we provided some level of entertainment during the course of it. Um, I know we won't record next week, and then the week after that, I'm going to be lost in the wilderness of northern Minnesota, so we won't record then. I, we'll, we'll be back at some point, uh, probably closer to the draft and free agency and all that stuff. Or maybe the Blackhawks will hire a coach and we'll come back and talk about that. Or I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll be around. Um, but thank you again for listening to this episode. Thanks to everyone for hanging out tonight. Mill is on Twitter at Mill182. Shepard is at Shepard Price. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. I'm at DML57. The main account is at 2ND City Hockey. Uh, we still got some more player reviews and recaps coming down the way for the next few weeks. And then we'll uh, slowly transition towards uh, looking to the summer and off season and all that stuff coming up. So uh, one final, sincerely, I really appreciate uh, everyone who's listened to the show uh, for the entire last season. This is kind of the end of us looking back to the last season. So uh, yeah, we'll take some weeks off, figure out what the hell we're going to do next and uh, then come talk to you when we figure that out. See you then. Shiver in the dark, it's a